From WDBM East Lansing, you are listening to Warning Track, the student voice of Michigan State Baseball, bringing you news, analysis, updates, and much more for the Spartans. Welcome in to the first episode of the 2019 Warning Track podcast presented by Impact Sports. Luke Sloan here along with my friends in baseball, my my brothers in crime, Kyle Hattie, the man directly to my left, and next to him, Alex McRae. Gentlemen, it is baseball season. How are we doing? Magnificent. It's it's amazing. The greatest time of the year. Baseball season is back on MSU's campus, sort of. Weather didn't necessarily comply today. No, no, it did not. Uh, The decision to build a baseball field in a floodplain will forever baffle me. Big mistake. Almost as big a mistake as not renovating Spartan Stadium yet. They need those new seats. What do you what do you what say you, Hattie? What's your what's your take on that? For the football stadium? Oh yeah. Well either. Baseball stadium and a floodplain, how about that? Oh. Oh uh, well, you know the, there was the one last year where it was like what, two feet of water yeah. on campus? The dugouts were basically swimming pools. It's it's rainy outside there today, but baseball is officially back. Major League Baseball is coming back. Of course, the Spartans already have 18 games under their belt. All around Division One baseball is back. Gentlemen, baseball, of course, our favorite, the baseball guys at Impact Sports. Just in general, how does it feel to hear the ball hit the glove, get those swinging those bats again? It feels good to be back, doesn't it? Best oh, sounds it, in sports. It, it, it feels great. I love it. It's favorite I, time of the year. I always say, you know, football, basketball, it all feels good, but baseball coincides with the weather heating up. Mm-hmm. It's just a nice bonus. St. Patrick's Day, another sign. Anyways, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to the state baseball because this is, after all, the one and only podcast that on the airwaves, on any airwaves, mm-hmm. that covers just Michigan State baseball, the Spartans baseball team. They were supposed to play a game today at home at McLean Stadium versus the Central Michigan Chippewas. Of course, was canceled due to weather. Jesse Heineken was supposed to go in that one, make his third start of the season. He is 0-1 with a 7-2-0 ERA. He's given up 16 hits and 10 innings pitched. It was to be the fourth time in the last five years that MSU started their home schedule against the Chippewas, but that will not happen. The makeup date is to be addressed. Once again, the man directly to my left, Kyle Hattie, and I were supposed to be at that game, but next Wednesday we will most likely be there when they play the Western Michigan University Broncos. Don't miss it. Would never, wouldn't miss it for the world. That's the next time they'll be back at McLean. But like we said, after 18 straight games on the road, if you're one of those MSU players, it has to feel awfully disappointing to have to wait another week to play on your home diamond. I mean, when you come to Michigan State to play baseball, though, you almost got to assume that you're going to have quite a few games canceled in early March. I mean, it as a baseball player, it's miserable to play uh, baseball when it's when it's 38 degrees outside and you. You hit a, a ball off the bat wrong. Your hands are stinging for 10 minutes. I mean, I'm sure they would have loved to stay down south maybe just a little bit longer, hopefully get some more wins under their belt before coming back. But, you know, it happens. Kyle, are you a big fan of cold weather baseball? Not not cold, but you know what? A 55-degree day baseball game is underrated. Under Underrated is right. It always feels nice, like fall baseball, opening day baseball. The crisp weather, 
But like we said, Michigan State will be back in action next week at McLean Stadium. We'll, we'll lead off most podcasts, of course. This is the first podcast of 2019, our new warning track crew bringing this podcast to you. We'll lead off most podcasts with the latest game or series the Spartans have played. Of course, special circumstances this time in that they have not played. But now we'll get into our little State of the Spartans segment. Kind of quickly looking over some numbers. The Spartans are 3-15 and on the season, currently in the midst of a five-game losing streak. Last week they were swept, last weekend, excuse me, they were swept by the Yukon Huskies in a four-game series in Greenville, South Carolina, a place a little bit warmer than East Lansing. Seven hits for freshman outfielder Zade Walker in that series to lead the Spartans. Bryce Kelly also had six hits. Mitchell Taransky making his first start of the season, five innings pitched, one earned run wasn't bad. But really the story of this season overall early the Spartans have played a lot of very good teams. They have the 14th toughest strength of schedule in Division One, the second toughest in the Big Ten to Nebraska. They've played number two, number 22 Coastal Carolina, number 23 NC State, number 24 Arizona State. They only have five seniors on this team, the second fewest in the nation, of course not playing on their home ball diamond. The big question is in our State of the Spartans segment, how much blame do you place on the circumstances of this situation and the losing? And how much blame do you place on the guys in that clubhouse? I'll open it up with Kyle Hattie. Well, you got to start with the fact that like um, senior leadership always helps, but that just gives another chance for the juniors and sophomores to step up and lead everyone else and maybe set some groundwork for coming years. And um, on the team, uh, when your ERA is 6-9-1, you're not going to win a lot of games. You can't put that much um, reliance on the bats. Alex, more more the MSU players and coaching staff or the fact that they haven't played at home, they're playing far away from East Lansing? Well, I mean, I personally, I, I think home field advantage in baseball is a little bit overrated. Um, but that said, I think the opponents they've played is is far more to blame here for the record than than the you know anything else. I mean, th- you you mentioned the ERA that that happens when you play guys that are going to be playing professional baseball. You know, they, they all of those teams have multiple um, professional baseball players on them, and I mean Michigan State might have a few. I mean Bryce Kelly's you know a, a real a real prospect that people could be looking at, but I mean realistically there isn't anybody who's a surefire you know draft pick right now and uh you know it's a rough start to the season um you know those southern guys they get to practice all year long i mean we have we have winter for you know however it's still going on baseball it's still going on yeah playing in the football facility it's it's tough to to get up to speed at that point and i i really attribute most of their their early season struggles to um, uh, not only uh, great competition, but you mentioned it with the lack of experience. I mean that that happens. You know, if you're not going to have guys who are you know out there being able to, I mean, hitting is contagious. You know, if you have a senior who goes out there, he 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 knows what he's doing. He's able to hit consistently. It it it, it spreads. Um, but uh, that that's really what I attribute most of their struggles to so far. Plus, th- go ahead, Kyle. Oh, a lot of season left. I mean, you, you got time. Yeah, exactly. Well, plenty of time. Plenty of time. Big Baseball play, season's very long. Exactly. Big Ten play hasn't kicked off just yet. Of course, the Spartans just 18 games into their slate. But like you mentioned, geographically, number 22, Coastal Carolina, warm weather. 
NC State, warm weather. Arizona State, warm weather. Very warm weather. All these guys can go out and play baseball in around Christmas, around Easter. Oh, well, yeah. Easter, of course, they're playing. What am I thinking on that? But they can go out pretty much any time of the year and throw yeah. the ball around. Oh, out yeah. here we can go on the pond and play hockey. But as we said, 3-15 and 15 on the season, currently in that five-game losing streak. We're going to dis- dissect the, the struggles a little bit, take a look at the three facets of the game. Starting off with offense, the team is hitting 233 on the season with only nine home runs as a team, 34 extra base hits, and 602 at-bats. On the mound, a team ERA, like Kyle mentioned, 6.91. Walks and hits per innings pitched, or whip, as I like to call it, 1.94. Loved the, loved the little loved the little hand motion you did there, like a whoosh, like a whip. So we need a sound effect board. Yeah. We need to invest in a sound effect board for the, for the podcast. But also, 104 walks and 157.3 innings pitched, allowing teams to hit 310. And then even in the third facet of the game, a 957 field per, fielding percentage with 28 errors on the season, this team really struggling in all three facets of the game right now. Hasn't been able to get on their home field yet. But our next question that we're going to tackle, what is this team's biggest issue? And what player needs to step it up to improve that issue? For me, I'm going with the starting pitching. The guys that open the game on a consistent basis. And that is my part of the game. My particular player is Mason Erla. The Spartans' number one starting pitcher, like Jake Boss Jr., the Spartans head coach, said going into the season he's going to be the quote-unquote Friday night starter, the guy that gets your team started in a weekend series, usually a big crowd, sometimes a night game. Now we'll be playing night baseball here at Michigan State. He gave him that spot, the ace of the staff. Mason Erla has responded with a 7.46 ERA and a 1-3 record after having a 3.73 ERA last season and a 6-4 and record. This year, he's allowing guys to hit 369 against him after hitting after allowing guys to hit 216 off of him last year. He, in my opinion, just needs to lead the weekend off stronger. He sets the tone not only for that game, but for the entire weekend the Spartans are going to play, especially when they start playing some weekend Big Ten series. Series, the plural, series, series. Series, I believe. So, yeah. It's an assistant sports editor getting these words wrong. Nevertheless, Mason Earl, a guy that's going to need to step it up to get the starting pitching going. We're going to throw it over to Kyle Hattie. Kyle, your player that needs to improve, your area that needs to improve for the Spartans to turn this season around. Uh, I went with pitching in general. Uh, Like I touched on earlier, the 6.91 ERA. Um, It's just asking too much of your bats. And it probably has to diminish the confidence of them when they're at the plate. If they know when they get down, when if they're allowing six point nine runs a game, they have to score seven, and that's just asking a lot. So they just get up to the plate diminished, thinking they have a tall task ahead of them, and they're not, they're not going to hit as well. Alex McRae, what is your player to watch and your aspect to watch as the Spartans look to improve? Well, I I don't really have one player in particular. Uh, I it's the offense needs to get a lot better. Um. There, I mean, there are guys that are producing. I mean, you look at you look at uh, Royce Ando, uh, Bryce Kelly as two examples, both hitting over 300, both getting on base a lot. Um, but I mean, you got you got a, a bunch of guys here. A majority of the teams hitting below 200, um, and then you only have you know a, a small small portion of your lineup that can actually do something. 
uh, at the plate right now. And maybe it's just a funk. Maybe it's, you know, maybe there is some uh, something to the home field. But uh, the offense just needs to get better. Um, also, another aspect is very clearly the defense. Then they need to get a, they need to get better uh, across the board. I mean, uh, you you have a, a fielding percentage in ninety five percent. I think it is right ninety five. Um, it's it's not going to get it done. I mean, your pitchers aren't going to have any confidence when you're not, you you know, when you're not fielding everything correctly and. It's it's just a, a they're in a tough spot right now and uh, hopefully hopefully uh, getting back getting back home can can help them get out of that funk. Really, kind of the the old school baseball mentality is throwing the ball, delivering it on the mound, and going and getting it out in the field. Two things the Spartans aren't doing well. Kind of in my mind, you know, I mentioned the starting pitching as something they need to improve, but really, I mean, part of what improves starting pitchers is being confident in the defense behind them and oh, really for sure for I mean sure. 28 errors on the season like you mentioned they struggled with errors last year and a lot of these errors have also come in, in clutch time for them I mean it, it can't help the starters one bit if they have to worry about if guys are going to make plays behind them yes um I mean man it's just <laughs> there really isn't a spot on this team where they're they're you know doing exceptionally well right now I mean I mean, there there are guys um, as as we're about to get into here that that are are performing quite well on this team, but just as a whole, there's something off. Um, I don't know if it's just a, a mental thing. I'm I'm sure that's. I mean, baseball is a, a very mental game. Correct. I'm sure that has out of a, all the a sports, lot to play into it. Yeah, maybe the most mental, mm-hmm. Men- just as much mental as physical. But really, as we kind of wrap up the. We're, we're dissecting the struggles of this Spartan team as they, you know, obviously are playing a tough schedule, playing away from home, the the, the three facets not doing well. Realistically, fresh starts as Big Ten play is starting against Nebraska. What is the optimal ERA and team batting average this team's going to need if they want to succeed? You think that they'd have to get that 233 up to at least a solid 250 or even 240 as a team kind of thinking about major league teams and then that ERA, I mean, gargantuan right now. Just gotta, just gotta go out there, make quality pitches, put together some quality innings. Not kind of think about the, the the larger picture at this point, I guess. I, I think if they're able to get a team ERA down down below the five, the five mark, if they're able to get it, you know, anywhere between four, four five, and you know, four seven, I think that they'll start winning a lot more games. I think uh, if the offense is able to pick up. Not only just their their offensive production, but their slugging percentage, especially, uh, they'll be able to you know maybe get everything up a, a little bit, hit some more doubles, get some more extra base hits. That'll really really help this team win some close games because they have lost some close games. I mean, let's not say that they've been blown out every time. I mean, they 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 can compete. They are a a they have a lot of talent on this team. I I know I've I've. Went to uh, the same high school conference as a lot of these guys. I saw them all play high school. They they know how to play baseball. They can play a high quality uh, brand of baseball. They're just in a funk right now. You know, you bring up a good point too. All the close games that they've played, and they played in a lot of close games last year. I know Kyle. That that can't be good for your psyche early in the year, especially if if you're if you're on the wrong end of some of those close games. They played in. I believe the second most two-run games or one-run games in 
all of Division One last year, kind of struggled with that mental aspect. You know, Jake Boss said in the offseason that the mental part of baseball is something they really focused on. In your opinion, Kyle, is that is, is baseball more of a mental or a physical game, especially looking at what the Spartans need to overcome right now in this big hurdle? Well, I think uh, the slow pace of baseball definitely makes it a mental game. And, um, well... What I look at it is if they're putting on, if they're um, getting these close games, even with the less than stellar numbers they're putting up, then when they start improving these, they're going to start coming out on top of those close games. So I, I, down the stretch, it could help them once they start fine tuning what they need to. Couldn't have put it better myself, but it's not all bad for the Spartans so far. There are a few surprise players that have been pretty decent this year. A couple, you know, you you think of the word surprise too. Some guys that maybe have stepped up from last year. I'll lead it off. Starting pitcher Mike Makma is really making up for for what Mason Erla, a guy like Indigo Diaz, some of these guys, what they're lacking so far. Mike Makma has made up for them well this year. He's pitching to the tune of a 2-3-7 earned run average. 32 strikeouts in 30 innings pitched. He gave up eight runs his last time out against UConn, but he's really rebounded well from a 4-6-6 ERA last season. And like I mentioned, he's, he's picking up the slack in the rotation. I mean, a 2-3-7 ERA is pretty much as, as good. It, that's, it's that's, phenomenal. That's, you can't ask oh, for yeah. much better than that. It's man. it's top of the line really in any sport, or excuse me, at any level of baseball, any sport of baseball, only one sport of baseball. And it's our favorite. That's the, why we're talking about it. The best sport. But anyways, Mike Makama, a guy that's really picked up the slack in that rotation and kept that unit afloat. Mr. Kyle Hattie, we'll turn it over to you next. Your player that has surprised some people and turned some heads in 2019 so far. I look to the outfield at Bryce Kelly, um, batting 314 uh, with a 329 OBP. Um, he's perfect on stolen bases. He's six for six. Uh, only one error on the year, so the little the, the fielding problems that we mentioned earlier isn't really a struggle with him. Three for four in his last outing. Uh, it just looks like right now he um, he could be one of the guys that leads this team by example. Throw it over to Alex McCray. He's got a guy that didn't really play much last year due to injury, a senior, really bounced back in a big way, like a comeback player of the year type yeah, guy. Yeah, he, he's, he's struggling a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, he's had, uh, I, let me let me double check how many errors here, but uh, he's had six errors so far this season, uh, putting his fielding percentage at, at Pretty poor, eighty nine percent for well, a second baseman. Yeah, Roy Sando needs to be better than that. Yeah, he, in, in I your mean, mind. second base is it's not a you know the hardest fielding position on the baseball field, um, but he's putting up some numbers on the uh, you know at the plate. Let me tell you that. I mean, he, he's he's leading the team in batting average. He's got a homer, uh, nine RBIs, eighteen hits total, seven runs, with an on base percentage of four oh nine. Uh, he's he's playing some good ball right now at the plate. He just needs to uh, to step up on the defensive side a little bit, be be that leader that Michigan State desperately needs, and uh, you know an infield guy like that is the ideal um, role model for the rest of the team, in my opinion. Our surprise players so far of the 2019 season: Mike Makama for myself, for Kyle Hattie, Bryce Kelly, Royce Ando for Alex McRae. These are some guys, obviously, that will look to continue their success for the Spartans if they want to contend when the Big Ten season comes along. But luckily, they, they pick up Big Ten play pretty fast here. In my opinion, kind of an opportunity as at a, at a blank slate for this team. They've played a lot of mm-hmm. tough non-conference mm-hmm. opponents. 
But this is, this is a good opportunity to say we haven't hurt ourselves in the conference yet. We haven't played at home yet. Kind of maybe a, a fresh start. Would, would that be a good way of putting it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you 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 enter Big Ten play. You have to enter it like an entirely new season. I mean, it, when it comes to conferences, just like divisions in in Major League Baseball, you know, like the American League Central, the Tigers are you know, they play better against teams in their own division than they typically do against, say, National League teams, for example. Um, when 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 you see teams more often, especially you know with Nebraska and and uh, which is coming up, um, but you know other Big Ten opponents, it is. Uh, Almost a, a little bit of a relief because you know they kind of are in the some, same boat. Some as uniforms you. that you're used to seeing, yeah, so, yeah some yeah. climates some, some that guys, you're used to some seeing. Some guys that you saw maybe the year before that you've scouted a lot more. You have more numbers on all that kind of good stuff. So I, I I think the Big Ten season is is a completely new slate for for the Michigan State Spartans, and it it, it poses a great opportunity for a, a rebound in a saved season. Would you agree, Kyle? I would. I, um, I think coming home, just, it just feels better to play at home against uh, your own fans and everything. Um, and yeah, they should look at it as a clean slate. They haven't played at home yet. They can just get everything right there and move on with the season. You mentioned the home games. Kind of a little sidetrack here. Even though it is built right next to the river and it is in right field, we have we are blessed with a beautiful ballpark oh, here. McLean, McLean is a great stadium when it's not full of water. I, I 100% agree. You, I mean, obviously, the entire outfield has trees in right field. You can you can hit a bomb into the Red Cedar River. Oh, yeah. A nice quaint atmosphere, too, right? In Jenison's near there, Spartan Stadium, underrated ballpark. There, There's a reason that the high school state championships are held here and not in Ann Arbor. I, yes, my my actually, the last baseball game, as I am a freshman, the last baseball game I saw at McLean Baseball Stadium at Cobes Field was the state championship game of my high school, Celine Hornets. Shout out Celine Hornets. Shameless, shameless plug to Celine Athletics. When they won the state title here when I was a junior in high school, really cool baseball atmosphere. Wait, who who'd you guys beat that year? I'm pretty sure because my high school went to the uh the state semifinals that year and it was a it was an amazing run. They uh uh Grand Haven. We um, beat Northville that year. Yeah, okay. Yep. They had that a, must have been who it was. They had a pretty solid team. Was a solid. Was, I'm pretty sure you beat them like 14 to two, though. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it was. A, it was a nice big win for them. They had a, kind of an inexperienced starting pitcher going, but the offense really picked him up. They got. They got going quickly in that game, but it was just a cool place to take in baseball. Oh, it's, a, it's a great at stadium. McLean great stadium. stadium. Unfortunately, at McLean Stadium, baseball was not played today. Obviously, walking here in the rain is no fun. Forgot the umbrella in the Miserable. dorm. Absolutely miserable. Not good. The, the only thing that could put a damper on early season baseball is the weather. But at the Spartan, or excuse me, at the Warning Track podcast, we, we adapt. Only the strong survive through these bad weather conditions. So we're going to do some. Amen to that. We're going to do some rapid fire Major League Baseball predictions, some awards predictions, if you say, to kind of fill in the time that we would be talking about Central. Because, you know, really, if we if we wouldn't talked about Central, two of us will be at that game and could kind of do more of a breakdown, yeah. which we'll, prob- we'll do later in the podcast season. But we have some Major League Baseball awards to get to, starting off with our surprise teams of the 2019 Major League Baseball season. Same order as the last time we threw it around the room here in beautiful Studio H, the WDBM Studios. My surprise team of 2019 is the Washington Nationals. Really? Any reaction? Quick reaction to that? 
I disagree. Without, disagree without I Bryce disagree. Harper. Without Bryce Harper, What's indeed, your... Juan Soto, I believe, is more than ready to take his spot. Be a Love potential Juan Soto. great Love player. Juan Soto. He, he's he's a five tool guy. He showed a lot of power last year oh, for yeah. a smaller guy. He'll slot right there in right he's field. Only Twenty years old. Dude. Oh yeah. Victor Robles is another guy that's going to be ready. And I really like what they did at catcher, too, going out and getting Kurt Suzuki and Jan Gomes, like an offense-defense kind of platoon at that position. But really, their starting pitching might be the best in the National League. Max Scherzer, they went out there and he got Patrick Corbin. Of course, we already know they have Steven Strasburg. Second-year manager Dave Martinez, that might be my only question mark. But in, in a stacked NL East Division. I have the Washington Nationals as my surprise team as I throw it to my left, Kyle Hattie, your team. Uh, I went with the Chicago Cubs. Uh, the team is still good. Uh, even with the uh, injury struggles of Hugh Darvish and Chris Bryant, they get them back. Uh, they'll get them back this year. Even with the struggles last year, they had 95 wins and made it to the wild card game. Granted, they lost, but uh, I like this Cubs team a lot. I think they should come back strong. Alex McRae, surprise team of 2019. Well, uh, it's more of a surprise that they carry over their success from 2018 into 2019. I'm going with Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, I think Christian Yelich is still uh, in a serious MVP candidate again uh, this year. They, uh, they're just a solid club all around. Their bullpen, if, I mean, if, if Josh Hader can do even a portion of what he did last year, they will be in contention in a, I believe, a very strong National League Central um, with now the old old man Cincinnati Reds, the uh, new new look uh, era, St. Louis Cardinals, and what uh, our boy Kyle here said with the Chicago Cubs. Love that Brewers pen. It seemed like in the playoffs last year, all they needed was their starter to go five. Yeah. You can pull Hader out of there, you can yeah. go two. Jeremy Jeffress, Corey Kniebel. All, all I'm saying is an addition of a Dallas Keuchel to that team. <sighs> That'd be Watch huge. out. Watch out. And a frontline type starter to an already quality rotation. And I heard Craig Kimbrell to Milwaukee rumors today. Did you really? Wouldn't that Oof. be ridiculous? That would be insane. The a Milwaukee setup Brewers. of Knubel, Hader, and then, oh my goodness, and the Ooh. Jeffries too. They just need their starters to go five. Oof. Four, they could, for all I care. They could, they could just throw out anybody at that point. They could have me pitch for them. They'd be fine. Surprise teams of 2019 in the books. We move to our next category, best offseason edition. We're going to go in reverse order. Alex McRae on the clock. I think uh, one of the most underrated and least talked about pickups of this offseason is, in my opinion, one of the best. Uh, JT Realmuto, uh Going from the Marlins to the Phillies, I mean, the guy is the best hitting catcher in baseball right now. Catcher is null and void of really any offensive talent in baseball at the moment. And getting a guy like Real Muto to go along with their other additions is going to be huge for that Philadelphia Phillies team, especially especially if he can uh, establish some kind of uh, chemistry with Aaron Nola. I mean, Aaron Nola could be a serious Cy Young contender at that point. We throw it to Kyle Hattie, who also sticks with the Phillies. I do. Um, uh, at first, I considered Brantley to the Astros, but I realized he didn't really fit a need. Cause, that's, a, you know, that's a sleepy pick, though, there. That's not bad. Legitimately, I, I don't remember hearing about that. I learned about that like two weeks ago. Hey, I'm happy he's not in the AL Central anymore, as we are love, both in Tigers gear. Love He Michael doesn't Brantley, need a rake though. against us love anymore. Love Michael Brantley. We interrupted you. Continue, please. Oh, no, no. Love the discussion. 
But yeah, um, I, I debated Brent, Brentley to the Astros, but they don't really need an outfielder. They're kind of set as they are. Um, making considers as one of the best teams in baseball. Um, but I went with the Phillies because when you add two stellar outfielders, it just can't be ignored. They added McCutcheon and Bryce Harper. Regardless of the money, they're both going to make big impacts, and I think that was the best addition. Back around to the host's chair. My best offseason addition is Paul Goldschmidt, as we kind of stick to the NL Central theme here. Most underrated player in baseball. Extremely underrated player. Maybe not anymore now that he's not playing in the desert. The the St. Louis Cardinals, they've always had a nice collection of bats the last plethora of years, but they've never really had that one impact bat that you fear desperately coming up in the late innings. Paul Goldschmidt easily takes that rollover for them, slots right in there at first base. He's got to look good with that birds on the bat logo across his chest. One of the best logos in baseball, in my opinion. I see. Lo- a, love that jersey. Plus, love that jersey. In a contract year or two, he's going to want to perform. Maybe his next contract is with the Phillies. That is our best offseason addition se- category. Maybe, maybe Tigers. Pretty may, Yeah, maybe Tigers. Maybe. Wouldn't that be something? They That'd could use amazing. a first baseman, move Cabrera Switch over to yeah, DH. Yeah. Wouldn't be opposed to that. As we move on, MVP... American League and National League all lead it off going back in normal order. My American League MVP is the one and only Aaron Judge. The Judge is here. They're going to have those gavels out. He doesn't strike out 300 times. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. They're going to have those gavels out quite a lot at Yankee Stadium this year. The Judge's chambers. It's going to be a big year for him. I mean, arguably a guy that could have won it last year, potentially. He's my American League guy for a team that I think is going to excel this year. And then in the other league, Nolan Arenado, fresh off the big extension, comfortable, one of the best defensive third baseman, if not the best defensive third baseman in the game. Love the Colorado Rockies, love the team they have. He's got protection in that lineup. He's always been a five-tool player, can hit in a variety. He can hit for power. He can get on base. One of the best on-base plus slugging percentage OBP guys in the league i'm taking him as my nl mvp as we slide it to my left well i'm going to stay uh yeah i'm going to stay in the al east and i'm going to go with mookie betts in the al um put up incredible numbers last year uh he slugged 640 contract contract year too another contract year and uh, that should be a pretty big one massive uh i wouldn't be surprised if he passed um if he set the record I would be. I would be. Mike Trout after, after the precedent big. Mike Trout set yesterday with his record deal, four hundred and thirty million dollars over twelve years. We'll see about that. It'd have to get pretty crazy. But we'll slide it over to Alex McRae. His picks in the for the MVP in both leagues. I should say real quick that uh, we all picked Nolan Arenado to be the National League MVP. There uh, we go. Consensus n- amongst the podcast. Nolan Arenado is an amazing player. Uh, he is just phenomenal at every aspect of the game. He plays it the right way. He's a great, great player. One of the best third basemen probably of all time. Uh, and my my pick for MVP in the American League is, in my opinion, a guy who looks to be the best player of all time, Mike Trout. Uh, he just fresh off of a piping hot 400 $30 million contract, that man will go off this year. He will have an amazing season. Uh, I Don't be surprised if you see 330 with 
you know, 25 stolen bases and 40 home runs. That man is a god at baseball. The MVP predictions are done. We slide it over to the mound now. The guys that will be opposing them on the hill. We're going to go in reverse reverse order once again, right back on the spot after he just put down his water bottle. Alex McRae, Cy Young picks for 2019 in Major League Baseball. In the American League, I have the lanky lefty from Boston, Chris Sale, winning the uh, American League Cy Young. I think he is, again, a great, great baseball player. Uh, he's feisty. He won't be afraid to you know, go at anybody. He's got great stuff, great movement. Had uh, a little bit of a shaky end of the year last year, um, but I think he, he will recover and be 100% of the you know, Chris Sale that we all know and love. And in the National League, we have Mad Max, the man himself, the former Tiger, the man who bet on himself and won, Max Scherzer, uh, the pitcher for the Washington Nationals, will be the National League Cy Young winner. Let's throw it around as we continue rapid fire now. Kyle Hattie, your Cy Young picks in both leagues. Well, um, I agree with Alex there. I think Chris Sale wins in the AO. Um. He's got the best whip in baseball at .86, and he threw the same on, uh, He allowed the same amount of base on balls as Corey Kluber, so that's a good comparison. Corey Kluber. A nice segue into my American League Cy Young pick, Corey Kluber, a guy that always has his game face on when he's on the mound. Being stared at if you're a batter like when you're in the box against Corey Kluber would not be fun. One of the best stare-downs in Major League Baseball, but I think this Corey Kluber's a little... Extra amped up for this year after after the possible trade rumors in Cleveland. We heard San Diego. We heard maybe the Astros. I think he's going to be amped up and take that to another level. A guy that's won this award multiple times in the past. A Tiger killer, as we wear our Tigers gear on this baseball podcast. There's one thing Cleveland did not get rid of in the offseason, and that was their great elite caliber starting pitching. What do we think of the picks, boys? Well, actually, I completely forgot my NL pick. Jacob DeGrom in the, the repeat NL. pick. One of the some of the best hair in baseball. Well, he caught it. He doesn't have that hair anymore. Really? Yeah, I know. He had he mm-hmm. had short hair almost all all year last season. Wow. I might yeah. I, I saw him pitch a Come lot on. last year. Come on, Sloan. I'm living under a rock. I'm living under a rock, I swear. I watched him pitch all those games last year on a terrible Mets team. He was the, he was the lone star. But anyways. My NL Cy Young pick, Jacob DeGrom, as we wrap up the Cy Young picks and move into the Rookie of the Year picks. What do we think of the Cy Young picks, though? Any sleepers? I think uh, Aaron Nola could be a guy who slides in there and has a great season. Um, Really, ah, Severino, Luis Severino could make a That was my sleeper, too, if he's healthy. Um, I mean, Blake Snell, I don't know if he can repeat what he did last year. It was pretty miraculous how he came out of nowhere. He 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 did come out of nowhere, um, but that's that, those are the names that come to mind right off the top of my head. Kyle, any sleepers in either league? Um, I wouldn't. I, for sleepers uh, to come out and win it, I wouldn't say that's likely because there's just so much high-end talent that I don't see a sleeper just coming out of nowhere and dominating everyone. But if I had to pick one, uh, it'd be Servino. Very nice sleeper pick as we move to Rookie of the Year, the youngsters now. I have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. winning my American League Rookie of the Year. Basic. Just, I'll, I'll 
give me a break. He's the consensus. Just like his pops, he's going to slug home runs down there at third base. Also, a much better swing. Much oh, better swing. Beautiful swing. That moment last year in Montreal at the end of the spring training season when he hit that home run in front of his father in the country he's going to be playing in was a magical moment. He's not going to be up at the beginning of the year, but he'll be up soon. My American League pick. And then I go with another corner infielder with my National League pick and Peter Alonzo of the New York Mets. The Mets have an opening at first base. There's a competition going on there in spring training. He is a guy that's shown up for this competition. He's hit well. He also has a nice glove down there at first base. The Net, or the Mets' number two prospect in their system. They didn't trade him away in the offseason because they like him and his smooth swing. He's going to provide some power in that first base spot. As we go over to Kyle Hattie, both leagues, rookie of the year. NL, I went with Brandon, uh, Brendan Rogers from the Rockies. Uh, nice little infield pick. Uh, he hits with power and... I just think he's an, um, excuse me. Yeah, I think he's going to come out, and I think he's going to have a great season. The and Coors Field benefit of the doubt saw is good, too. Always, you know, always solid. At the extra 15 feet. And your American League pick? My American League pick, I also went with Guerrero. I've, Very um, nice. It's not basic. It's more obvious. That's what I like to hear, Mr. Okay, McCray. Okay, okay. We, listen we to, slide listen to over this. to right. Alex McCray. My, my American League pick uh it's rare that there are two position players that win Rookie of the Year in both leagues. Uh, so with my American League pick, I go with pitcher for the Houston Astros, the World Series winning Houston Astros, mind you. Uh, That'll be two away, yeah, two away World yeah. Series picks. Forrest Whitley, uh, pitcher. He has had a great, great spring training, and I could see him, if he doesn't make the opening roster, being on the roster probably by May and filling a spot that I think Charlie Morton left. Man, can he light up the gun. Oh, he is. Wow. He is a power arm with nasty stuff. It is amazing what he's been able to do. And then in the, Amer- uh, in the National League, I've got Sports Illustrated cover boy, Fernando Tatis Jr. of the San Diego Padres. This guy, I mean, Manny Machado is going to play third base, so this guy can play shortstop at some point. That, that that's, that's how, how special that's he is. how special this guy is looking to be. He 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 looks like a legitimate legitimate contender for not only and maybe not this year obviously, but a, a, a maybe a future MVP guy in the in uh, in the coming years. Five tool player. I like the pick. Real quick as we round out our awards, nice quick. Comeback player of the year prediction. I've got Gary Sanchez in the American League and Josh Donaldson in the National League. Both of them were plagued by injuries last year. Both of them are power hitters. Gary Sanchez, of course, we know the issues with him mentally. Strikeouts. Strikeouts Strikeouts. as well. Josh Donaldson, you could argue strikeouts too. Josh Donaldson has moved leagues to the National League. He's going to slot right into third base for the Braves. Big year coming up for him as we go to Kyle Hattie for his comeback player of the year picks. Well, if I'm right about this, then your surprise team looks a lot better because I went with Brian Dozier for the Nationals. Very uh, nice. He played with injuries last year, and he can, uh, he's going to come back fresh, and I think he's going to look really good. Love Brian Dozier. And your American League pick. Kyle. He, he, he's looking at that doc. He's, he's staring into oh. He must have lost. Come on. No Come worries. On. It's go. a sleepy Wednesday here. All the, This rain's got us tired. It, it is. It is. It's a, it's a Carlos gloomy Correa. day. Carlos Correa. I did. Simply I put that. it, 
doesn't need much explanation. Incredible player when he's healthy, and he'll be healthy. What about your next? We'll, we'll, we'll go around to our next panelist in Alex McRae. What's your pick? My uh, my National League uh, comeback player of the year is Chris Bryant. Plagued by injuries last year, had a very you know subpar season for his standards. I think he should get back right. You know, hitting 30, 35 home runs. You know, two eighty, solid defense, all the good stuff you expect from Chris Bryant. And then my American League player is, again, Carlos Correa. I made the mistake of drafting him in the first round of my fantasy baseball league last oh, year. Oh, no, that's was trouble. A, was trouble. a tough season for me. Still finished second the in the league. There you go. You, it, you, you know, bounced it, back. If Correa had, if he had done it for me, I, I would have won. We will lead that right into our World Series predictions. All started off. Aaron Judge was my MVP in these predictions. I have his New York Yankees over the Los Angeles Dodgers, who would make their third straight appearance in this World Series, the Fall Classic. A lot of NL East teams are gonna they're gonna be duking it out. You know, you can talk Nationals, you can talk Phillies, you can talk Braves, but the Dodgers have proven talent on the mound and in the field. And I like another and or I like another AL East, excuse me, team to win the Fall Classic. Give me the Yankees as they say in New York. Kyle Hattie, your World Series picks. I'm going to take this one step further. I'm going to go with my ALCS and NLCS picks. Very Uh, nice. In the AL, I have the Red Sox over the Astros. You know, it just seems too too, uh, too top-heavy of a conference to just not pick that. And then in the NL... I kind of added the CS in so I could make a hot take. Oh, perfectly fine. Perfectly acceptable. Uh, I went with Dodgers over my surprise team, the Cubs. I think the Cubs go to the NLCS, but they don't win it. And then It's a better run than last year for the Cubs, who had the, the, the sad, emotional exit to last year. I like it. Heartbreaking. But they'll, they'll come back. And then I have the Red Sox. Uh, oh, no. My mistake. I have the Dodgers taking down the Red Sox. So two picks and two Dodgers appearances in the World Series. Will that continue with our third pick? Uh, no, sir. It will I, not. I spoiled my winner uh, earlier with uh, my Whitley pick, but I think the Astros get back to uh, their world champion status with the uh, a victory over the Milwaukee Brewers. Again, I'm very high, you're high on the Brewers. Yep. I'm very high in the Brewers. I think all they need is maybe another starter, starting pitcher or two, and they're – right up there with the best teams in the National League. That puts a close to our rapid-fire Major League Baseball predictions, surprise teams, best offseason additions, all the end-of-season awards. You heard it here, folks, and you can respond to us on Twitter when these are all incorrect next year because that's always seems to be the way it goes. But anyways, we got more baseball, too. The Spartans, throwing it back to... The collegiate baseball played here on campus will be back in action this weekend at Nebraska. The, they're going to make the long trip to Nebraska, the first Big Ten action of 2019 for the Cornhuskers, who are 7-7 seven and seven this season. Led by junior college transfer outfielder Aaron Pulaski, who is hitting 351, very nice mark. And Nate Fisher, their Friday night starter, four games started this year a 3.14 ERA. Last year, the Spartans had some success against Nebraska, who is is historically a good program but has struggled the last couple years. They were 2-0 against them last year in East Lansing. They also had two games canceled due to weather. Gotta love it. I'm sensing a theme. Oh, early theme in the podcast, weather. 
But anyways, we'll get to our predictions. I'm going to go first. I say the Huskers take two of three in this series. The Spartans played the Ohio State Buckeyes at their tournament that they hosted in South Carolina a couple weeks ago. They beat the Buckeyes, which was a nice win you know, maybe a confidence builder going into the conference. Oh, yeah, got to love those. Obviously going on the road, which is tough. I see them stealing the middle game of this series, taking two or three back to East Lansing for their home opener. Kyle Hattie, what do you predict will happen this weekend in Lincoln? I also said that the Huskers will take two or three, but I think the Spartans take the last game in Lincoln. Very nice. Alex McRae, your predictions for this weekend set with the Huskers. Well, I hate to be so pessimistic here, but I find it hard to believe that Michigan State's able to take a game from this very underrated uh, Nebraska team. I mean, they beat the number three team in the country in Texas Tech. They got swept by Oregon State, but Oregon State, we all know, is a traditional uh, baseball powerhouse. And uh, they they played a very good Baylor team uh, to a – a, a two and three record against them. Uh, they are a force to be reckoned with and nothing to be uh, nothing to be taken lightly. We'll bounce it around one more time. Player to watch in this series with the Cornhuskers, real quick. Player to watch. We'll start off with you, Alex. I think I think Bryce Kelly is uh, he's he's got to lead the way here. Uh, lead off hitter. You know he really has to set the tone. He's been doing that already this season, but I, he needs to carry it over into Big Ten play. Won uh, Big Ten Freshman Player of the Year, uh, I believe, in 2017. So he is a prime prospect to be the leader of this team. Kyle, your player to watch in this series for the Spartans. I went with Roy Sondo. Uh, he's, leading, he's leading the team in batting average, and I think you need to lead by example when you go into a hostile environment. Very nice. I like it. I'm going to continue the trend with position players and go with freshman outfielder Zade Walker. Split some time at outfield and DH. He had seven hits in their last series against UConn. Really, the rookie of the year pick so far for the Spartans. We'll get to our end of the season awards later in the podcast series. But podcast number one of the 2019 season has been concluded. I'm going to go with the the Ryan Collins. Yes, round of applause. I'm going to go with the Ryan Collins grading system that he does on our wonderful Behind the Mask podcast. I'd say this one pretty well. I give it a nice A minus. I'd say so. Uh, there, you know, a couple of mishaps early on, but it jitters smooths, early season smooths jitters. It out. Yeah, letter yeah, grade for you. Uh, I, I I'd give it a B plus. B plus. B plus. All up from here. Very nice. That that all averages out to a nice high eighties, low nineties grade. Thank you for listening to our first episode of the 2019 season of the Warning Tracked Podcast, the one and only podcast on any airwaves dedicated solely to Michigan State baseball. Follow at WDBM Sports for more MSU you have baseball been listening to coverage. Warning Track, Follow us on Twitter as well for baseball FM. coverage. For more All Michigan State sports news, Spartans visit impact89fm.org. Get back on track in Big Ten play. Get back on track at home next Wednesday with the Western Michigan Broncos. It's always a good day for baseball on the Warning Track podcast. We'll see you next week.